everyone to another episode of Mental Unblock. This is your host, Omar, and this week, we host yet another entrepreneur. This one, however, comes from the real estate industry. He relocated from the UK to Dubai in January of 2006 with just over 3,000 dirhams in his pocket. And today, he owns and runs the largest and most reputable real estate firm. He is Mr. Lewis Alsop of Alsop and Alsop himself here. Welcome Hi, to the okay? show. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here, man. It took a while to get you on the show. Lots of WhatsApp <laughs> conversations back and forth, then me disappearing for a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate the invite. Really, it means a lot. I know you have a lot of successful entrepreneurs that have built from the ground upwards, so it's, uh, it's nice to be here. Thanks for being here. Now, uh, you moved to Dubai in Jan of 2006. I did. You lived in Karama with four guys in a yeah. small apartment. Yeah. Where do you live today? Uh, in Victory Heights. So right. I have a nice uh, house on the golf course, on the, on the uh, Ernie Owls golf course, and uh, have my two dogs and my cat and my wife all there at the moment. So, nice. Uh, yeah, so For a change from 2006. Yeah, I mean, the first place I lived in 2006 was... Um, where was it? it was like a room rent in the Springs, and then it went from the Springs to uh, Karama, and then Karama to... Room rent, just I suppose surviving. I sure. suppose that. So yeah, I've, I've been, I've been through the motion, should we say? Excellent. Well, listen. Congratulations on the growth. We're going to want to talk about that in a minute. Of course. In the meantime, for a lot of those watching, listening that yep. don't know much about Lewis, your background, your history, yep. take us back to this city that I can't pronounce near Birmingham. Coventry. There you go, Coventry, right? Yeah. And tell us about your childhood. Yep. Uh, what was your family like? Um, what was it like is, growing up? Is they are still they're still here? Absolutely, <laughs> is. Apologize. What was your family? What's your uh, family like? No, it's normal family. I, I, every time I do an interview, and someone asks me about my success story and you know the good and the bad. I'm definitely not from. Uh, I wouldn't call it rags to riches. We're not a family that's you know lived in a cardboard box, should we say, and then come on to be something. I'm, I'm a normal person that lived mm. uh, a normal life when I was younger. Played football in the streets with my cousins and friends and. Uh, you know, do normal things that normal people do. So, um, you know, we, le we led a normal lifestyle. My father is a, a, a successful entrepreneur himself, and that's where the genes come from, maybe. Um, but yeah, as a child, nothing any untoward or different towards anything else anyone else would do. Um, and yeah, it's, it, I believe that having that type of background and seeing the fights in the playground and the confrontations and the highs and lows of, I, I like that. I know obviously if, if when we have a child, me and my wife one day, um, I like this character building. I like being in a, a, an environment where it's real life and it's a real hustle. So yeah, my childhood was no different to anything else. Uh, you're married now. I, I think am, you recently yes. got married, right? Yes, I did last year, end of last year. And how's your, is she supportive with what you do? Very, very. Right. Uh, some days I'll get home, like last night I got home at seven, eight o'clock. Um, but you know, sometimes you're like, wait, why? You know, you're home late tonight. And I'm like, well, listen, we're trying to grow a business for our family sure. and for everything else. That there is time restraints that come into it. But I think I wouldn't say the long hours are over. But I don't need to be there till eight, nine o'clock, which I used to be when we first set up. I can comfortably leave at five o'clock now, and my phone and my laptop, especially the today's world with all technology, I can do my job then. But she knows. I have to answer my phone at 10 o'clock at night. If, it's, if there's a call that needs making or decision that needs making, I have to answer it. So sure. she's very, very supportive by that, very supportive. Good. So take us back to when you relocated to Dubai. Yes. 2006, January. Why Dubai? And you were quite young back then. You were 18. 18. 18, turning 19, I think it was, or not just turned 19. Why um, Dubai? Well, there's a backstory to it. What happened was um, I was working for an estate agent in the UK. When I was younger, I was a little bit of a nightmare. I was a terror. 
like this is a, as, as an 18 year old employee employee and uh how i ended up making some where i'm going to go is actually got sacked from my company in england um and the biggest real estate uh, or estate agency in coventry and i remember sitting down with the manager and he just said this is your last day of working here because i'd got asked to do a few things i didn't do and then i was coming in uh, late or not at all because i've been out the night before and i was just uncontrollable and my last words to my employee employer was you can't sack me i'm your top agent next day i was an employee <laughs> <laughs> um so what happened from there i suppose i had a big decision to make on what i wanted to do and it sort of just fell into place so i was watching a program on itv and the program was about to buy and how to buy is being built and everything else and i was just watching i just went i want to be there Right. So I arranged a telephone interview with uh, a guy called Paul uh, and we had the telephone interview and the, it was the easiest interview you could ever. Hi, do you sell real estate? Yes. Perfect. Do you want to come over? <laughs> yes, over. I do. Um, so I took the job there and literally three weeks later I told everyone I was going or two weeks later I said I was going. I was on the plane. Um, left behind my brother. I think my brother said at the time <coughs> he'll be back in a few months, don't worry. Uh, my mum was obviously upset knowing that obviously I was leaving the nest. Mm. Uh, my dad was very supportive and was very interested in Dubai. He actually took me to Dubai five years previously when it was absolutely okay. nothing and it was just a hard rock, um, the hard rock uh, restaurant in the middle of Sheikh Zayed. You know the bowl that's right. been knocked down that's now? Been taken, yeah, it's been taken it's down now. But where that was, that when we came here, this is when I, I would have been 13, so that would have been you know, 18, 20 years ago nearly, right. that was just in the middle of this desert. So I remember driving up to it and it was just sand all around it. Wow. So we had a history with Dubai anyway. So I said I wanted to go there, told my friends and family and literally jumped on a plane. And the best things I've ever done in life, ever, and I tell this to everyone, I just jump in two feet deep. I just right. jump in and I'll make it happen. It's, it's a sink or swim with, with anything. I, okay. If I like, my gut feeling tells me to do something, I do it. So I jumped on the flight, um, I remember coming here thinking, oh my God, I'm on my own now. Like, I've never ironed my clothes before. Never washed <laughs> my clothes. Uh, you know, never cooked for myself. You know, when you live with your mum when you're 18, they do this all for you. Sure. So it's a harsh reality check on, um, on real life. But um, all these memories that I have, I was texting my dad last night and I sent him a picture of a cracker bread. So you know the thin cracker breads that you get? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm still like a normal person. I don't sit and eat right. caviar at home putting hot sauce on the cracker bread. <laughs> and I sent it to him, I said, do you remember this? Cause he came over to visit me and was, I was eating, the, and when we first came over, I was living off my budget and I was literally living on cracker bread with uh, hot sauce on right. to get the flavor going. And these little funny memories, they, Absolutely. They, I still laugh at them now, 12, 13 years later. Sure. Um, How does it make you feel though? Thinking back at that, seeing what you've gone through. And actually, before you answer that, tell me a little bit more about some of the sacrifices that you've actually yeah. had to make. I've I heard you talk about mm. you know certain things that you've gone through your story, which is really interesting. Right? Yeah. But what are some of the sacrifices? What are the difficult? What are some of the most difficult moments that you've actually gone through um, during your process here in Dubai trying to build up? So I think the the, the story to success and the sacrifice I've had. The, the main reason that I've made these sacrifices are very stubborn, and I think in success to be successful, um, I'm nowhere near a Bill Gates and Elon Musk. I'm just a normal guy that's doing quite well in real estate out here. Mm -hmm. um, but the successes that I've, I've had and, and you know, the, I suppose the, the reason is I'm very stubborn. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that once I had my leaving party, I couldn't go back, I've, I'd had my leaving party. So, you know, I did give up a lot, but the reason I never gave up really wasn't to do with anything more than I said, I've, met, I've come here now and I've got to make it work. So if you look at the sacrifice I've made when we first came to Dubai, 
uh, the biggest sacrifice is leaving your friends and family. Sure. You know, the hours that I've lost with spending with my mum in the evenings and my little brother that was 13 when I left. Uh, you know, you do miss all them moments and you miss a lot of, you know, all the great memories that you have. But, you know, I've got my own life to live as well. You know, I've got my own path to follow. So, um, you know, leaving behind my family, massive. Leaving behind a very close-knit amount of friends that I had in the UK. Sure. Uh, you know, they're still there now. They're still... They're still there when I go about 12 years later. They're still the same people, and I'm still the same person. I haven't changed at all. So even if you don't see your friends for that amount of time, they're still, they still have the same bond with them. Um, so there's, there's a sacrifice on the personal aspect of it. When owning the business, the sacrifices you make there are just incredible. That's, you know, when you're trying to grow a business, um, the social aspect of it, you can't be friends mm. when you first set up. And sure. a business, I've, I've learned there's got to be a very quick divide between being an owner and a, and, and a friend. And I've hired friends before and failed because they just, sure. they don't know the line. Um, the financial s strains, uh, you know, I remember, I always tell this story, one of the, 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 the success slash fails we had going back to uh, giving things up is, um, I remember the first year we were in the business and it come to the 30th of the month and the payroll was due. And I remember sitting down with my brother saying, if we don't have enough money for the payroll here. Wow, <clears throat> payroll for how many people back then? 10. And today? 200. Wow. So when we first set up, we had these 10 people and they'd agreed sales. The sales had been completed. We'd received the money, but our money had gone out from bills. And I remember sitting down in my office going, we just don't have the money. So I had two decisions. I remember <laughs> saying to my brother, I said, look, I've got a black Range Rover outside. It's worth about 200,000 deals. It's paid for in cash. Okay. And I owed about 130,000 extra on top of what was due out. Okay. So I said to him, look, I'm gonna have to, they've got two options. I'm gonna have to find some money, I'm gonna sell my car. Yeah. But I thought if I sell my car, then everyone's gonna know there's a problem. And mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in, you know, try and keep your front to a degree. If right. there's a problem, you deal with it and you deal with it yourself. Sure. Don't need to tell them that's my problem. So I was really contemplating. It got to like a couple of days before the month. I was like, this is not what I wanna do, but it might, well, I can't go to my fr friends effectively that work for me and say, right. I can't pay you because they need the money as well. So anyway, what I did is I stayed, and I stayed till 11 o'clock, and I was in at 7 in the morning, leaving at 11, <clears throat> and I just said, I've got to do a deal. And I just picked up the phone, and I found a deal. And I remember selling a property on the Palms Jumeirah, and it was a massive sale as well, to be fair. It was, uh, How much? Uh, I think we sold it for around 16 million dirhams. Uh, we got 2% on that. Wow. And obviously, it was all the company's money. So the sacrifice that I'd make, I was coming home, and I was destroyed. I, I, mentally, I'm sitting there when I get sure. home thinking about need to pay these bills. Also, what do I do to do it? And I, ju I just know now that when someone has a problem or a moan, there's only one way to get out of it. Let's do what I did 2006. You slog your way out of it. Yeah. And that moment there was a real defining moment for me of do I go left sure. and just you know hang my boots up and say it hasn't worked? Or do you go right and say, do you know what? I'm going to dig down and I'll find a solution. And we found a solution for it. No. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Speaking of hanging up your boots, yes. um, was there ever a moment where you decided or thought that, you know what, I've made a mistake, wrong decision, or seriously contemplated giving up and quitting? Not really, no. Um, there's been tough times. Sure. Um, there's been times when I thought, you know, how big is it going to get and is it worth the, the stress that it's going to come? Because when you starting a business over the first five years, you don't really see the money. The first five years is about growing your business. Um, but no, I've never really questioned, oh my God, should we carry on the business? I knew we set this business up. My mandate was, and I wrote it down on my business plan, is that we're gonna be the biggest real estate company in Dubai. 
And I remember speaking to my dad about it. and said, look, we're going to be the biggest. And his quote to me was, son, he's in oil and gas, so he does his own thing anyway. Sure. And he's retired now and he lives a fantastic life. <clears throat> but he said to me, son, if it's any more than pocket money, you know, it'll be a bonus. Right. I, I was like, this is not going to be pocket money. We're mm-hmm. going to turn this into something special. And I always said, the number one company in Dubai, that's who we're going to get. And now I know we are the number one company in Dubai. I know we are. Sure. Um, not just off my, my thought process and what I think in the biased opinion. It's sales agents, Correct. deals, transactions, Correct. marketing spend, offices. Um, <clears throat> we're the number one on, on many different levels. But when we first set up, that was my mandate. So there was never really a doubt in my mind. I had a target and that target was to get there. Who would you say was your biggest supporter throughout this journey? And I'm sure there was a few people that might have come in and out of your life. But who, who's a person that, you know, when you think back to someone that, you know, you want to thank or you really appreciate them being there alongside with you, who's the first person that comes to mind? Oof. That's a tough one. If you take my, my business partners out of the equation, sure. because they're my brother and my dad, and obviously we're on the same team. Okay. Um, it's the people that have been there now for five, six, seven years. You've got... The employees I've got in my books, like your Joe Parkers, who's a HR director, started sure. as a sales agent. Sure. Um, and there's a, an administrator that's been with me nine years. It's now my office manager. has been there for nine years. And the salespeople. What happens, what I find in our company, is that when you join and you become successful, you never leave because we're like a unit. Right. So it's not, there's not one person. There's, there's probably about 30 people or maybe 20 that I'd go, this is the backbone of my business. And that's the success we have for the business. It comes from the people. It isn't me. I'm just a logo and I make decisions. <clears throat> but the people, the most important thing in our business is them people that have been there seven, eight, nine years that have stuck through us really for the slow times, the bad times. My office manager knows most of the, the things that have gone wrong in my company over the nine years. She knows every problem that we've ever had. Mm. So she knows the good and the bad. So taking family out of the equation, there's a lot of people I have to thank and there's uh, some amazing sales agents, uh, back end of the company, some great people. But... We just work together. We're on the sure. same team. What What made you do this? What was the main drive? Are you Was there a point that you were trying to prove, whether yeah. to yourself or anyone else? Yeah. What What was that? So, I have this theory that, that I don't want to be normal, okay, and I don't want to be part of the rat race. So I give you an example. My worst fear in life. But you were a part of the rat race. Of building. course. Okay. I, I, I was the guy getting the. 86 bus from my uh, from House of Coventry <laughs> to uh, the town centre. Had to wait an hour whilst my office opened um, at six in the morning. It's pitch black. And when you do that, I think something in me has always said, Lewis, you're going to do something. I don't know what it is, but I have this profound confidence that I'm going to do something special. And even now, I don't think I'm anywhere near, completely, nowhere near to what I want to do. Um, but when we talk about... Um, what it is that wanted me to do. I don't want to be normal. I don't, uh, you know, if I want to go to the Maldives at the weekend, I want to be able to go to the Maldives and I want to answer 21. If I want to drive an amazing car, that's my decision. And I think what my big fear is, is let's say work in London, I don't want to be the guy that gets on the train at six and finishes at six, Mm. uh, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. and goes through the routine of life. I like trying to be special, trying to be different, trying different ways probing in business to find something that works. We talked about sure. disrupting before. 
I'm not a disruptor. I'm definitely not a disruptor. Okay. I do things very, very well. Okay. And I do it very efficient. And sure. I think that we business will be doing other things that will you could class as disrupting, but mm -hmm. I won't. I'll class it as tight. You know, making a, a job that should be here to this quickly to, right. to get done. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying is, I just feel like something in me is telling me, Lewis, you're going to do something. And that gets me out of bed every day. Right. Uh, I'm sure along the way there were a lot of people that maybe told you this is a crazy idea, you shouldn't bother with it. How many of those people did you have to deal with? Some of them people work for me now. Right. Um, I've had managers that have managed me and, sure. wor and worked for me. Um, but there's been a few competitors that have launched, when we launched our business, <coughs> would threaten us, tell us that we're using the same colours as them. You know, you use blue, our logo is blue, we're going to get our lawyers on you. Such as who, can you <coughs> do? No? no, I'm not no. getting into it. I had to try. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had people that have knocked us and I've had uh, labour office raids on us before from other competitors. That have wow. I've had everything you can imagine through. We had, you know, at one point we had, um, this goes back to 2006, there was a company that set up in Dubai and they come back at Christmas and when I come back, so we, we always close on the 20th to the 4th, come back on the 4th, there was a company that came in, approached all our staff and what I found that happened is that I got back on the 4th, all our laptops were gone, <coughs> our data was gone, everything was taken and they went to that company. What I didn't know until maybe a, a couple of days after I got back is that whilst it was in December, there's a guy that was my sales director at the time and he stood up from the sales office that I went in and said, this company can't get visas at the moment, so we're going to offer you to come work for this new company. So I was wow. not in the sales room at the time, I was downstairs. <coughs> anyway, that happened at the same time you had the labour raid go on, this is 2006 and we couldn't employ new staff because we had a labour ban whilst trying to sort this issue sure. out. They took all our staff, set up that company, but these companies that have tried to break what we're doing, I've either closed them all down because we've ripped the business <laughs> or they don't succeed because they've gone with a short-term measure and they're not here anymore. Right. I'm probably one of a very few companies that opened in 2008 and are still here because I'm a massive believer in, mm. you know, <coughs> you get out what you put in and, you, and karma. I, sure. I've never gone out my way ever to do anything like that in business. I, I think I've heard you saying um, jokingly, but behind every mm. joke there's some sort of truth. Yeah. Uh, you're always talking about the fact that you guys are the best, yeah. you're better than anyone else in the yeah. market. Are you really? Yeah. What makes you better? Well, there's a couple of factors. Mm. The staff that we've got. Okay. The fact that, to my knowledge, unless anyone can tell me any different, we are the only real estate company that is growing. If you look at my business from six years ago, I've opened seven offices. Mm -hmm. Every other big company are closing offices. Okay. There's not one. They're either merging, closing, sure. or closing their offices. This includes the fact that you guys were actually set up in 2008 yeah. during the crisis. Yeah. When things were really tough. Yeah. Uh, how, how, did, I mean, how did you do that? A lot of people were you know, shutting down shop, exiting the country. Mm. You're sitting here setting up a business in 2008. It wasn't thought. It wasn't thought out. Okay, you just said, did it. As I said at the yeah. start, coming to Dubai, yeah. it's two feet deep. Uh, I remember when we got the key. We, we'd signed. What happened is I left a very lucrative job to set up all up and all up. I was on a crazy basic salary. I was on like 
150,000 pounds a year, 50,000, 55,000 dirhams basic, plus commission, Mm -hmm. plus override of the company, everything. And we had a development, we sold it all out. And I remember sitting down with the CEO and he said, we've now got to collect SPAs and sign contracts. And I was like, I'm not a lawyer. I've done my job, I've sold my projects. So he caught the idea of setting all up and all up. But, um, so I, what was the question? <laughs> We're talking about how you actually got set up in uh, yeah, so 2008 during the difficult there time. You go. So. so I left the, I left, uh, the job to set up uh, all up and all up. Left behind, took a massive risk taking this job. Put every penny that I made into Dubai mm-hmm. um, into this company. Got the tenancy contract and the keys. Sat down the first day in the office, finished it, f- furnished the bottom floors, two stories. Didn't furnish top floors, couldn't afford to furnish it. Yep. The minute we got the keys, there was a picture in the daily, in um, the Kelly's Times. And it was this guy like this in the, uh, it was a local guy saying the Dubai markets have all crashed. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my God, could it be any worse time for something <laughs> to happen? <laughs> but in hindsight, it was the best thing that happened because sure. we're literally at the bottom with the lowest overheads, mm-hmm. uh, the lowest amount of money, I knew how to make money. I'm yes. a real estate agent, my brother is an estate agent. Yes. So we just sell houses for a living. So when you were at the bottom, our job was we were chasing the top with low overheads. So as w- the big companies were here, o- they were trying to close down. And what was happening is we were getting bigger and bigger and bigger until that gap, that gap came. So 2008, when we set it up, it's probably the best time. If we tried to do it now in 2018, we wouldn't be without today. Right. Uh, you mentioned earlier something about cars, wanting to be able to uh, take a vacation where you yeah. want, drive whatever car you want. Uh, what are you driving now? You know what I drive. I, I, I think I might know. Uh, I have a Rolls Royce. Okay, what kind of Rolls Royce? The Wraith. Okay. It's all up and all up blue and big silver down the middle. Right. And uh, you vacation quite a lot. Yeah, quite a bit. Okay. Not, not too much. I Actually, mean, you know what's funny? Yeah. Do you remember the first time I called you? It was in Thailand. Do you remember what you were doing? So feeding elephants. No, you're actually getting a massage. You the I remember now, yeah. You, you're right, actually. I was getting a foot massage. It was like eight dirhams for a foot massage. Well, I was incredible. sitting there thinking, how am I going to get talked to this guy about coming on the show? He's sitting there getting a massage. You're like, listen, <laughs> I'll come, don't worry. I'll call you back later. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like to go on holiday, but uh, look, my passion is my business. Um, that's my hobby. Sure. So I'm just of the opinion that if you, you know, in my role as a CEO, you need to make sure, and this is the advice I give to anyone that's running a company, sometimes it's very, very good to take a step back, get some breath, and set yourself up again. So I'm a big believer in the, you know, taking steps away. So I'm actually at my best when I've had a, a few days away, sure. or five, because I come back, and my, my wife knows, she's like, you're ready for work now, because I'm sitting there, my mind's tapping, I'm writing stuff down, <laughs> and I'm ready, to, and as soon as I come back, I'm like a whirlwind. Sure. So yeah, I, I, do, I do like to go away. Excellent. Now. Um Let's talk a little bit about the real estate market in Dubai. Everybody seems to have an opinion. Market is up, market is down. In a nutshell, what would you say about the current state of the real estate market in Dubai? People are buying. Okay. People are selling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, People are renting and people are letting their properties out. The reason I say that, it sounds so basic, but one of the things I always hear is there's no transactions happening in Dubai. We have one of our busiest months ever, ever last month. Last month? In Ramadan. Nice. So we always do, but there's always these preconceptions. The problem is, is you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Now, as you, if you're a broker in the market, you're involved in real estate, if you're putting out to the market, the market's rubbish, mm-hmm. all that people hear that and they use it. Mm-hmm. So you are what you eat, you are what you read. It's as simple as that. So what's happening in the property market at the moment? 
there's so many companies out there spreading bad news. Even the newspapers putting out there that sure. transaction, that companies closing down. Come and speak to me. I'll tell you something very, very, if a company's closing down in real estate now, it's because their model's not very good and they've not adapted from 2006 or sure. 2008, 2018. It's 10 years ago, but so many people are, are trying to buy developer databases and call a thousand people and sure. that, that market's gone. So in a nutshell of the market, prices will go back up mm -hmm. 100%. So are prices down now? Prices are down. Okay. Why are they down? Um, and it's important anyone that's involved in the property market understands this. If you go about five years ago, mm -hmm. we were on the tail end of prices going up. Sure. So when I bought my villa, 2000 and end of 2012, 2013, okay. my villa went up 25% in six months. And I was like that. This is amazing. <laughs> sure. um, and then what happened is the cooling measures come in. And this is important that anyone understands this. The reason the market's down is not because it's an unquestionable answer. Very simple. The government has enacted cooling measures. Mm -hmm. Cooling measures on doubling the transfer fees the <coughs> to transfer at the land department. Sure. They changed the loan to value of uh, the mortgage. Instead of having 85% loan to value, you need 65, 60%. Sure. So they bang straight away. They, they literally curbed 60% of the buyers wanting to buy immediately. Right. So when that happened, the prices did come down because it's twofold with stop people from buying and supply going up. Mm -hmm. Naturally, you know what's going to happen next. Now what's happening now, is the government for the first time in five years are saying, do you know what? We're going to stimulate the market a little bit here. Mm -hmm. They're now putting the 100% ownership for uh, businesses, 10-year visas, yes. um, the, the, the uh, visa fees. So every company has to put a 3,000 dirham bank guarantee down. We've got 200 staff, 200. Wow. The government are giving me back in at the end of the year, yes. 3,000 times 200 staff. Wow, that's I could open a new office with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That is what st the stimulus was happening at Talking the moment. about over half a million dirhams. It's a good place to Excellent. be. So the reason they're doing that is to try and stimulate the business. They're trying to make business more affordable to, to do business in Dubai. So a smaller company, imagine they've got 10 staff and they get 30,000 dirhams. Mm -hmm. That will help them so much. So it's the first time in five years that the, the government now are saying, we're going to get this market going again. Um, would you say it's easy to actually set up for, for an expat? living in Dubai or the UAE. Would you say it's To set up, isn't to live easy? here? Well, not just to live here, but to set up their own business. For entrepreneurs that are listening, people that want to take that step or jump into, um, you know, that want to do what Lewis did, pretty much. Not necessarily within the real estate sector, but in general. It, it's possible. Sure. Um, but I think you need to, if you are setting a business up, you've got to be, you know, prepared to fail, but expect to win. 90% uh, of businesses do fail. And, you know, I've, you know I class myself as an exceptional business person, salesperson, and the cusp I came to sure. of failing, yep. I came so close to it. So you've got to be prepared for that. Is it easy to set up business in Dubai? Yes, if you've got the money, okay. let's leave it there. You, you need the sponsor fees, right. uh, you need your municipality fees, you need to rent an office before to one check, you need to fit it out. Sure. <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds of thousand dirhams. Mm. Um, if you can get past that and you know what business you're in already, it's possible, but it, what some people have not grasped yet is that there's a very big difference between being a good salesperson mm -hmm. or manager to being a, bus a business owner. That is completely different. Absolutely, I would agree with you 100%. Um, just because I come from a background of sales, I yeah. decided to jump out, set up my own thing, and I realized there was a big difference. So yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Now, if you had a million dollars that yeah. you wanted, let's say you were given a million dollars right now to yeah. invest in real estate. Yeah. 
where and what would you buy exactly? Anywhere in the world, if you had a million dollars, what would you buy and where? Well, my job's to qualify, obviously, you know that already. What are we doing with the million dollars? So do we want a return on investment uh, for capital appreciation? Do we want rental income? Uh, do we want uh, long term? What are we looking for? What would you do with it if it was given to you? And it was up to you to decide. I would build a portfolio. So I do that myself now. Mm. I buy properties cash. Sure. Um, if I can, obviously it's very expensive to do. Um, but if you can do that and build your uh, recurring income, that's massive mm. for me. Like my main goal at the moment is buy properties, buy assets, rent them out, sure. knowing that every year, every month, that's like my pension effectively. Sure. There's, there's no quick wins in Dubai. Yes. So when I moved to Dubai 2006, in 2008, 2007, I bought and flipped a Palm Jablali property. Mm-hmm. 2.86 million was the uh, purchase price. Sure. So you put 10% down. I took back 10% return, uh, 100% return on my money. So my 286,000, I got about 286 times two in right. one day. Wow. That's incredible. That's, that's 100% return on your money. Sure. It's not possible in Dubai. And I'm not too knowledgeable on the rest of the world, but if mm. there's going to be a booming city somewhere, sure. so if it's not Dubai and you don't want reoccurring safe money at 5 6 7%, you could go and risk that and go to wherever's crazy at the moment and say, right, I'm going to go and sit in there and I'm going to make this, this is going to be the next Dubai. Because people have made millions. Yes. People have made themselves millionaires from being, forget Allsop and Allsop. There's people that I know of that have come to Dubai for a year and sold a building and got paid 5% of... 500 million, and that's it. Mm. Their life's set up. That's, right. You've got to be in the mixer for that. Sure. So what would I do? I'd buy residual income, and I'll make sure that I'm buying a portfolio that's increasing, not only on income every month, but in an area that's going to go up in value. Sure. So I'll give an example. One of the best properties I bought in the last year, <coughs> I bought a townhouse in uh, Jamiro Golf States. Mm-hmm. So it's ready. It's three bedroom. I bought it for 3 million and 60 cash. Um, it's overlooking the, the first hole or second hole of the PGA golf course. Sure. Um, and I've rented it out for 200,000 a year. Yep. For two years, it's been rented now. That on its own, as well as the increase that's going to happen, mm-hmm. is paying me what, I don't even know what it is, four or $5,000 okay. a month. Yes. Where else? You can't even get a job in America or sure. UK paying you four or $5,000. So sure. my, jo- my goal as an investor is to keep doing that, keep doing right. their investments. Okay, excellent. Now, um, I heard you earlier talking about, uh, I want people to get to know you a bit as a person as of well, course. right? Of course. You were talking earlier about uh, Friends. You're yeah. a big fan of the show. Many years now. Right, I'm and repeat. you're a fan of Joey. Um, what do you think of Joey now, taking on, given that you're from the UK, yep. taking over Top Gear? Not anymore. It's over, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, he's I been cancelled already. Going. Joey's like Joey. I know out. you've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yes. Matt LeBlanc and Joey are different people. Right. Joey Tribbiani right. is the man. Matt LeBlanc's right. a legend, but Joey Tribbiani's Joey. Right. So yeah, Matt LeBlanc, <laughs> he's gone already. But yeah, Friends is one of my favourite. I've literally got it's on Netflix now as well. Absolutely. So you right. just it got is. it on repeat, bang, every night. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite music? Wow. Um, I, and I'm asking that because I heard you humming all kinds of stuff earlier when the music was playing. So you had like genre? sexy hour and be on earlier. It was right. getting me going. I was like, oh, this is good. Okay. Um, look, it depends what mood I'm in. I'm a bit weird. If I'm sure. exercising, if, if I'm doing cardio, yes. I listen to like love songs and that sounds weird. <laughs> and when I, I ran the marathon in 2009 yeah. and I ran the whole marathon listening, marathon listening to Ronan Keating, 
you say it best when you say nothing at all and sure. take that. And my reason behind it, it just calms me down and I can just run at a certain pace. If I'm doing weights, it's R&B and hip hop. If I'm at home having dinner, it's a bit of James Bay, you know James Bay? Yes. Yeah, hold back the river. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends really what, what mood I'm in, but uh, sure. I, I, I'm up for anything to be honest with any time, it depends on the mood. Excellent. One last question before we wrap things yes. up. Uh, who would you say are competitors in the industry yeah. to Alsop and Alsop um, that in your opinion are doing things the right way or yeah. you would actually consider serious competition to you guys? You know, honestly, yes. no one. Wow. No one. You're quite humble. <laughs> no, I, I think if you look at the companies, and again, sure. there's going to be someone that's going to come and knock us off our perch. That's natural. Businesses at some point, you know, Blockbuster was closed down by Netflix and sure. whatever. Pick anything. I think sure. you've got Netflix now. I guarantee you Apple will be yes. doing streaming movies in the next few years. Yes. Business evolved. But today, <coughs> the problem I've with real estate here, if you look at all the companies that are here, except from me and also and also up, any other company, they don't come from an estate agency background. They okay. come from car sales, sure. technology. They owned a portal before. The concept at the moment, if Foxton's come here tomorrow, or one of the big, they would seriously cause me problems. Naturally, okay. because sure. they understand the state age, sure. but they don't have the Dubai demographic. But as we speak now, you're saying that you don't consider anyone a serious competition no to else and else. No one, because the difference is with me and them, and this is, again, I'm not trying to sound unhumble or arrogant, but my business model is on thinking for the future. We just spent an incredible amount of money on technology mm -hmm. for what's going to happen in the future and how we can revolutionize our business model to move it forward with 2020 or 2025. Sure. A lot of companies here are still doing what happened in 2010. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of them are merging at the moment. You see the big brands, I've seen big companies that are merging and closing down and closing offices. There's not much out there at the moment. There's lots of companies, mm -hmm. but there's not, there's not lots of great companies out there. So speaking of what you're talking about the future, what's next for Alsop and Alsop? What's next for Lewis? I'm going home after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, so, our goal, the end goal at some point, is we want to we be the first real estate company to go to flotation. Sure. We want to be a public listed company. Okay. Um, there's no one out here that's done it before. We will try and, we've tried doing, had conversations before with NASDAQ and a few other people, but there's not much appetite right now because maybe the state of the, the financial industry over here at the moment. Sure. But that will change at some point. If that doesn't happen, we'll go and do it in the UK and reverse our offices back into it. So at some point we want to become a public listed company, but to do that, I want to go in with some game-changing stuff. I want to go in there. I'm sure you've seen Purple Bricks in the UK, the, yes. the online estate agency, and they're doing a fantastic job. They're losing a lot of money sure. because they're a tech company. We know tech companies lose money effectively. Correct. But we are a company at the moment that we are a very profitable company that we want to take into tech. So the future for this business is we're going to keep growing. You know, We've opened on the Palm. So we're the only local estate agent on Palm Jabira. We're the only local estate agent in... Uh, Springs. Mm -hmm. We're the only estate in Jamira Golf Estates. We've got an office in Vision Tower that's 13,000 square feet. We will keep growing the company as long as there's appetite for real estate, which there always will be because you'll have a kid, mm -hmm. you get extra dogs and uh, you need sure. a new place to live. People sure. are always moving. So we will keep growing with Dubai. Sure. Well, as we wrap things up, yes. what is your advice for salespeople, entrepreneurs, pretty much the audience listening? Um, 
someone that wants to take their life to the next level, be able to achieve their dreams, maybe get out of the rat race, like you said, what are the top three things that you would advise for someone to be able to achieve their dreams? There's one tip, it's one tip that I give to anyone. Don't be a entrepreneur. There's a entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, and I meet hundreds of entrepreneurs. Going back to my story, when I was set up and we were struggling, a entrepreneur is someone that wants something, but they don't not willing to work for it. So sure. they want, they want, they want the email blast, the calls. They want to do. The, can someone call for me? Can, I want, want, want. But they're not willing to get their hands stuck in and go through the crap you have to go through effectively to go through it. An entrepreneur, they get things done, you know. And if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be successful, do you know what you need to do? Find out whatever your problems are, write down the solutions and action it. No matter what industry you're in the world, if you're out of shape, don't blame yourself for being fat and say the world's against you. Look, I'm not in great shape at the moment at all, nowhere near where I should be. I know that's my problem. The solution, eat clean, go to the gym. I've gone to the gym the last six days out of seven. Nowhere near gonna help me right now, but I know my problem. In business, if you're not making money and you, let's say you're in real estate, look at how many viewings you're doing, how many calls you're making. If you're leaving at six o'clock, don't come in the next day and go, this market's rubbish, but you know you wasted nine, nine hours a day on Instagram and Facebook. Sure. So my message is to anyone is that if you want to be an entrepreneur or just a success, the, the, everyone has the same 24 hours, mm. everyone. Mm -hmm. I think Gary Vee said that, he was talking about sure. it. And he said, don't be a blamer. Everyone has the same 24 hours. If you get out of bed at 10 and you leave in your own for four, that's your fault. Don't Absolutely. be a blamer, you just get things done. Sure, Absolutely. So get things done is my you, tip. Man, I, I gotta be honest, I mean, um, I'm a fan, love your character. You strike me as a guy that if you were asked, does money buy happiness, you would say absolutely. Yeah. Do you think money buys happiness? No. You don't? No. Okay, so I got that wrong. You definitely got that wrong. Okay. Yes, I've got money. Spencer, who we know on the show, has got money. There's other people that I know that have got money, but it's not everything. I've met people that are very wealthy and uh, they, they're not happy. You know, just because I drive a nice car, still gets me from A to B. I've got nice watches. They tell the same time as my watch. I actually wear my Apple Watch more times than I wear any more Audemars PJs or Hublots or anything sure. else. Um, look, happiness for me is, is finding out what makes you happy. What makes me happy is spending time with my wife and my family. Um, I like going on holidays. Mm -hmm. I like spending quality time and enjoying what I'm doing. And most importantly, I love my business. I love that I've got a hobby in my business. Sure. It's not about the money. I love when we get reviews from clients saying, well done, or someone's done well and they've done well for themselves. So money's sort of a byproduct of doing a good job. Sure. But money's not massive to me. Listen, I love it, and anyone that says they don't like money, sure. they're lying, and they just <laughs> haven't got it, maybe that's the case. Absolutely. Uh, but money is not everything, and I, I, sure. anyone that's chasing the money, they're mm. chasing the wrong thing. Yes. Chase whatever, you know, chase what makes them happy, Right. and the money might come, Sure. but it's not the be all end all. Um, will you be on the show again if we invite you? Definitely. Are we going to watch the game tonight? Coming home, why wouldn't we? Great. Uh, well, there you have it, guys. Uh, Louis Alsop himself from Alsop and Alsop. Um, I had a great time talking to you. Me too. Very inspirational story. Uh, would love to have you here again. Definitely. Um, until next episode, guys, this is your host, Omar, signing off. We'll see you later. Bye.